everybody, and welcome to the uh, 50th uh, episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm AJ. I'm Frank. Uh, thank you guys for staying tuned. It's been a fucking long, strange trip. Um, super proud of the work that we've done, of the website, of of everything. As of today, we are officially approved on Google Play, so we are on all the major platforms. So check us out there, if so, you haven't already. So Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google, and our regular old ISS, RSS feed. We're all up and going. So if you couldn't tell already, um, we are in the same room together because we felt like it was a special occasion. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the Manhattan Island in between the two of us is just too far. Sometimes. So, uh, yeah, we are in the recording studio in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic room, I gotta tell you. Uh, yeah. So, like, my whole, like, apartment has, like, kind of a man cave aesthetic that Shayna complains about horribly all the time. But mostly, this room is, like, a perfect man cave. It's perfect, Frank. It's, I, it's awesome. I, I pride myself on it, and it, it, I really enjoy what I've done with it so far. You've and... done you've done great work. I mean, everything down from I mean, just to give you all an idea, I'm sure you're all curious. Right now, I'm staring at the NES, SNES, Super Nintendo, the Wii, and the Wii U, and Frank's Switch. So pretty much all in the same room. He's got all the Nintendo systems in order, logged in together on a Switcher. To play whenever he wants, whenever he needs, right? This is what you need to do. This is your this, Nintendo this, room. This is what I do. This is and like I think we'll we'll touch on this a little later. It's like it is like the the perfect like cross section of nostalgia and sure. like forward like facing because like we have things like our Yankee Yankees, Shrine, sure, we have yeah, like Avengers in here, Star Wars, like sure. It's just, oh the prints that we got from Infinity War, right? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah exactly. So that's um, cool. Yeah. And you got the exposed brick, which is a huge part of my, you know, my new comedy. So anybody who's curious, I think we like exposed brick because <laughs> it's it's like urban, right? It connects us to the city. Yeah. And it connects your apartment to the city. Yeah. And like th this, it makes me feel like I'm uh, in, you know, the rest of my apartment, which has other brick, and but I still have it in this room. Which you is got great. plenty of like hardwood tones, which is like the closest you get to nature at all, right? So, <laughs> so like it's it's really good. You know, we don't have. In fact, those are real plants there, by the way. Those are actual, real living cacti. That's great. So. You're yeah, it's good. I killed my plants. I feel <laughs> I feel horrible. I cannot take credit for it. That's all, Megan. No, that's she's good. She she cares about shit. That's awesome. This is a great room. You're really lucky to have this dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're here because, yeah. like, we, we've recorded in here before, but, the, you know, yeah. something like this, uh, you know, we are based, well, yes, it's the 50 episode um, anniversary, whatever you want to call it. Like, we've basically been running this podcast for yeah. consistently for two years. Two years. Going strong from, like, back when I was living in D.C. And, and, you know, now back in New York, and we're able to do this and keep it running you know, roughly bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is. But yeah, we whenever we come out, I you know, we're super lucky to do this. Um, you know, I, I, I love it. I, I lo It's one of my favorite things. Um, you know, we can get into, you know, so like the origins of this show, like, you know, I don't know if we, we, we ever really talk about the origin, how this all came about. I, I don't know if we fully expressed it, but like... Can we give it like a good two minutes? Like, yeah, I'll sure, give it a little bit of a bit. We have a little bio on our website, too. Sure. Right? Like, what we, where that's, we came That's from. where we come from. That's us. Like, that's the foundation of the friendship. But, okay. Just real quick. So, for a while, um, uh, in uh, the, the um, I guess, the year 20... 15. 15. I was working uh, really closely with a great group of people. 
um, to begin to launch a podcast that you know, really just never got off the ground. And it was super fun. And while we were doing this, you know, Frank and I had had the opportunity to kind of come on and do a podcast that was very similar to this. It's, it's basically like the lost episode yeah, of the it kind of, Lost Heroes podcast. Totally. So <laughs> after some time, you know, ultimately uh, the podcast, it didn't, didn't come to fruition. Um, but, you know, I was on a trip and I was down in D.C. and I was hanging out with you. And uh, you kind of looked at me and you're like, I love doing the podcast, man. It was awesome. I want to do that. Well, it was like over the, you know, probably since like at least the formation of the MCU, like you and I on, as we would go see these movies, we were living, you know, 250 miles apart. Like we would like full on break it down. down, Like, you know, for an hour or whatever, whether it was on the phone or we're like texting back and forth. And it's just like, we both have this passion about this stuff and we want to talk about it. Like, Right. You and you were making the attempts to make the podcast happen, and like, I didn't, I didn't have the confidence in myself that like, oh yeah, I could do something like that until we sat down and did it that one day, and they're like, okay, well maybe this is something we can do. So you know, from- no, it was awesome, and kind of so in that moment, it was kind of just a, it was a realization that there was something there to do, and there was somebody there to do it with, and like I can't be more appreciative, you know, uh, you are my. Uh, a great creative partner in, in my life and throughout what we've done. I'm so grateful that we get to do the things we've gotten to do from when we were little kids to now. So thank you very much. And, yeah. and like, you know, very quickly after that, we kind of, you know, came up with a plan. Um, we knew that we wanted to do uh, the, the full-on website and we wanted to have a nice presence. And, you know, since then we've been, you know, learning how to do better graphics and come <laughs> up with ideas and keep you guys interested. So, you know, thank you all for... Um, listening and paying attention and uh, i guess we'll break on down into uh what's going on today man yeah you know so it, it is it is february 2019 and similar to when we started two years ago yeah uh, the oscars just happened shit so um once again i did not watch the oscars uh when was the last time you watched them i i don't know i mean i, I maybe in college i just i don't sure I, it's i don't enjoy watching award shows yeah they're so boring to me and like like we said a couple weeks ago with the grammys like i could see a little bit of watching that because there's a performance aspect but like the the oscars to me i don't care about the red carpet i don't want to wait around like for hours to hear who's gonna get the fucking thing that they nominated months ago sure so like we have already known for months who like and the the debate has been raging for sure so it's like just get it over with and just like one envelope. Here's everybody that won. No, I feel you. And there's people who have been saying we should have it with drones. Mm-hmm. You know, we could drop the packages from the sky in the theater. Falls on your head, you get a concussion, you won. Congratulations. <laughs> um, you know, there's plenty of different options that they could go with. Uh, for me, um, as someone who wrote a movie and loves movies and, and, and does still have the dream that Hollywood kind of exists in, in going out there a little bit, uh, I like the Oscars. I want to see who wins. I think that the Oscars serve a great purpose in that they do inform the general public of fucking movies that they should have seen. It's really easy to go see the movies we all talk about, but I think that a lot of the other movies don't necessarily get the play or attention that they deserve, and that the Oscars kind of gives them a great little moment to be like, here's five to ten movies you're going to watch in the next three to four you know, weeks to months, Check them out and sure. then inform yourself. And I think that, that that on itself is like reason why I like to watch it. 
And number two is kind of is 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 like the idea of Hollywood and and watching the actors come out and seeing them pay homage to each other and waiting for like a good few little priceless moments sure. of people when they are winning, like Guillermo del Toro winning last year for Shape of the Water, um, <laughs> like uh, you know when. Uh, Robin Williams wins for Goodwill Hunting. Like, there's so many amazing, like, and there's thousands of them of these amazing moments that happen at the Oscars. And, and, they're, and they're genuine moments of people, like, either not necessarily surprised, but just like the appreciation. And, and I get that. And, and maybe because we're here in New York and we're not super sure. tied to the LA yeah. scene and, and the movie culture, but I, I do find that I, it's like football to me. I couldn't watch for three and a half hours and pay attention to it. But that's doesn't... but that's like the general public's conception. And like that's really what's happening is people are turning away from the Oscars. And that's why I'm certain that having no host helped the Oscars tremendously. Oh yeah. Okay. They flew so? by. Great. It, they there was no time wasted on ingratiating ourselves to a host. There was no bit. There was no movie. It was just let's fucking get to the shit. And so like but you still have the the presenters and the people that so they're right, and they're gonna do and they're gonna do bits, yeah. but it, their bit is a minute, not a twenty minute piece. I, I like where the, Billy uh, Crit- yeah. no, 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 okay, so uh, we were just watching Harry Met Sally at the <laughs> Burger Spot, which was fantastic, by the way. What was it called? Home Freight. Home Freight. Go there, it's great. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Harry Met Sally was on. I love Billy Crystal. I miss Billy Crystal at the Oscars. To me, he's the best Oscar host that's ever done it. I know Bob Hope is. Probably sure, yeah. in people's no, Billy, minds. Billy Crystal, like no, I, I'm sure I watched those. Billy like, Crystal had an elegance, had a had a, a way of doing it that brought a that brought out the magic of Hollywood. And to me, like that's what it returns to. So like yeah. to so, but in having a no host, in going without a host for this for uh, the Oscars last night, it had a uh, a, a pace to it. It had a, had kind of a rhythm. The hosts were, um, you can't hate the host that they brought out, you know, you, you know, the, the presenters, uh, you know, you had Chris Evans and Aquafina, you had John Mulaney and Tessa Thompson, you had, you know, Hollywood, you know, beauty. The royalty. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was cool to see. I, I, I. I appreciated last night. So let's get to the highlights. Let's talk about uh, the shit. My last little question though is like. That whole like Oscar rush of when they nominate the movies and when the, the award show actually happens, like there are a lot of people out there that are like, okay, now I want to go watch all of these in this short period. Okay, of time. sure. How many did I see? Sure. Well, yeah, there's that, and like I'll get into what I've seen. I, to me, it's just a lot of pressure to try and a get out to theaters and spend the money and all this stuff because like a lot of these movies maybe you haven't been in theaters for but a while. But that's okay, that's not the experience that that's the experience that we have and the general public has. Sure. But the reality of the situation is everybody who's in this group is passing around the screeners on Dropbox. And mm-hmm. that they are getting them in a file and they're streaming it and watching it in a DVD quality on their like 4k awesome tv bullshit like they're kind of destroying it so like on that level i get it but really the pressure on the general public i think is to be uh i hate to shit on the general public is to be cognizant of the movies they don't have to see them or know them but to be cognizant enough to be like hey i'm now gonna go see this movie okay i mean and i think there's something there because i you know when they nominate the films like 
I, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'd like to see these. Maybe maybe they're on Netflix. Maybe I can rent them. Sure. There's no Blockbuster anymore, but we have we still have to be able to experience them in a way. And so, like, A, the pressure of trying to get and see them all in, in that, like, you know, several weeks, whatever it is. Or maybe I have seen a couple of them over the course of the year. But, like, these, it's like, okay, these are, like, top, what, 10 movies of, of 2018. Yeah. And Roughly. It's like, you basically, it's like, if you haven't seen these, check them out because they're worthy of your attention. Sure. Um, so, so the movies that were nominated for Best Picture this year, Black Panther, Black Clans. Wait, am I looking at the right list? No, you're not. Black Clansman wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Are you sure about I'm that? I'm positive about that. Well, um, Black, a- Black Panther, Black Clansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, Vice. I think that's the right list. Hold on, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna cross check you here. I'm sorry, buddy. No, no problem. Anyway, but uh, bearing the lead, the winner was Green Book. Um, so I saw Black Panther. If Black Klansman was actually included, which may or may not have been, I saw that as well. Um, I wanted to see Bohemian. Oh, best Rash- Black Klansman was nominated for Best Picture. I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, I wanted to see. Uh, favorite and Vice, I had mild interest in. Star is Born, I wanted to see. I just never got around to seeing a lot of these. What did you see? Okay, so I saw Vice, I saw Star is Born, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. I did not see Green Book. I really wanted to see Roma, but I didn't see it. I hadn't seen The Favorite. I hadn't seen Can You Ever Forgive Me. I hadn't seen If Beale Street Could Talk, even though I had it. Um, I saw Black Klansman. I loved it. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I, I saw the beginning of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, but I didn't finish it. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at. So, I, I mean, I think Green Book intrigued me when I saw ads for it. But, I, I, you know, because of all the movies that we want to cover on our podcast, like, it's, it's a no, very it's hard, yeah. specific subset of film culture. And, you know, obviously this year we're starting to get a cross-section, which is kind of interesting. But, you know, I'm not going to go and spend money to to see the green book in theaters the same weekend that thor ragnarok's coming out for i don't know what no, it is but you know what yeah i, mean? I like, feel you um like that i have priorities and kind of like those are my interests too like i'd rather see a superhero movie like okay that's just me. so um uh let's, uh let's talk about best picture first so mm-hmm. um i want to talk about real quick i love black panther right we both loved that movie we, did. we talked about it um I want to be really, I don't want to be rude here, and I hope this isn't taken as a bad way, but ultimately I don't think that Black Panther was really nominated to win. I think it was nominated to be nominated. I think it was really bullshit of the Academy to say that there was going to be a like a popular movie or like a cultural event movie. Oh, that was a whole thing. I forgot about that. And like... they kind of bungled that. I think that that was a really great opportunity to give Black Panther the cultural award to kind of understand and recognize a cultural shift that Black Panther indicated, and yeah, it uh, made so much money, so many people were talking about exactly. It. It, was, it was last year this time. It, it meant like so all, much. It was yeah. an all black cast directed by yeah. a black director with a black lead. Like it was a huge, uh, it was a huge success for the African American community. Um, to me, you know, I think that that was a really easy sell. I'm sorry that Black Panther didn't win, but I don't think it was really going to win. I'm sorry about that. Okay, uh, now let's talk about Green Book. So. Uh, if you haven't yet, um, I listened to today the Daily with Michael Barbaro from uh, New York Times, 
uh, Michael Barbaro talks about how, um, with one of the critics from the New York Times, about how Green Book is about is essentially the same movie as Driving Miss Daisy, and it portrays white saviors, and that you know uh, this movie perpetuates the idea of a racial reconciliation fantasy. So I did all that homework to tell you that I think movies can be movies, and I think that Peter Farrelly, who's a director of movies like uh, uh, Something with Mary and Dumb and Dumber and uh, uh, Me Myself and I, Me Myself and Irene, like all these kind of great classic comedy movies like this guy went and made a comedy movie but that had a serious undertone to it yeah and uh it, it has mahershala ali and Viggo mortensen two of my favorite actors of i mean course. easily um and it portrays this kind of idea that he's a white savior and that you know only through this white guy can this um you know a, a accomplished musician you know find his his uh, place in the world um Okay, so I, I don't know. I, I, I we're at a weird place now. Um, I think that uh, something that was interesting there was that Jeff, uh, fr- uh, ZB's friend in L.A., mm-hmm. Jeff posted this thing that he had was working on a screenplay about a South African woman who was a great writer, and you know she accomplished all this stuff, but like she wouldn't have done it without you know getting out of her abusive relationship with her husband. I think something to that effect. And, you know, he kind of went on to say that he doesn't think he wants to write or deal with this movie anymore because he's not the person who should be telling this story. And I think he brings up a really good point. So whether or not white saviors or the racial uh, reconciliation fantasy um, applies to Green Book itself, storytelling and movie making is an art. And I think that while it, it does suck that Black Klansman was also nominated. I hadn't. I didn't realize that it was also nominated. I thought that it. it thought that it wasn't. Um, uh, you know, it portrays the same kind of dialogue. And I'm sorry for Spike Lee. And you know, I kind of understand where he's coming from now. But at the same time, you know, <clears throat> he had one for adapted screenplay. Yeah. And I think that storming out of the room is not the message to send. So I think that we all have to kind of come to an agreement that we're going to like exist on some kind of level of a playing field and talk about movies objectively. And like, you know, people were pissed and like, and maybe rightfully so, that Peter Farrelly, who is a known comedy director and a funny guy, writer on Seinfeld, fucking pull his dick out on set, like when he was directing these movies and and like women are pissed about it. So like now, like... This movie is mired in so much controversy, and it's actually like from what all everybody believes is actually a great movie. I don't know. I just think that we're so fucked in that conversation yeah, that just... like that maybe there isn't a way to do that. And I think the economy really bungled this shit because if you had given, and I know that this is going to sound really crass and possibly fucked up, if you gave Black Panther the cultural award, and then you give Green Book best picture i think both parties can be like kind of happy in what they're talking about here in that we're saying like this is a great film this was the cultural icon of this year it changed the way we're going to look at superhero movies forever it's the most profitable mcu movie ever that is something that should it's the jd power and associates winner of best superhero movies that should be honored in some way so okay that that's my opinion on best picture. If you if if I'm horrible, please write us back. Uh, okay. Um, Rami Malek and and Bohemian Rhapsody. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? 
No, that, you know, that's something Fuck. I really wanted to see. And, it, you know, it, uh, it I kept com- you on that, didn't I? I really did. But you know what? It's like, again, there are so many movies that come out in a year. And it was like around the time of travel, around the time of other things that we wanted to see. I wanted to see it. And, like, I love Queen. No, I know. I, it's, 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 it's so interesting to me, though, because I feel like maybe the the the, um, the reaction around it was kind of mixed, I, I thought. You know? Okay, so I have a hot take on this. My hot, hot take. Hot, AJ, hot, hot take is that, okay, everybody who's complaining about straight-washing this movie. So the, the argument is that from the very beginning of this movie, when it was in development with Sasha Baron Cohen to play Freddie Mercury, that Queen, the band itself, did not want this movie to really delve deep into the nitty-gritty of Freddie Mercury's lifestyle. Right, right. And that, so one of the things that I uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was talking about was like, they thought the, originally that this movie would, end, in the middle of the movie, Freddie Mercury dies, and at the end of the movie is Queen figuring out themselves after that. That's when Sasha Baron Cohen walks. I understand why he walks then. When he comes back around, um, they're already working with Brian Singer and the writing team. Rami Malek then comes in and gets involved. And it was in the idea they had learned the course correction from the public mishap that was the Sasha Baron Cohen thing blowing up in their face. That now they have to talk about this. Um, so uh, in the movie, they do. Do they dive deep on it? No. Um, but, but you know, it's like a two-hour movie that's trying to tell a tale of a band's rise. Exactly. Like, there's only so, so much time you have, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that, okay, so I loved Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it's a great ride. I think it's a great music video. I, I don't know how it's going to play on your TV, but, like, in the theater, Danny and I loved it. Like, I'm sure it'll be fun. Like, really, like, <laughs> the, like especially seeing it in that theater, I hope they re-release it there, like, it was fucking loud. The music is great. The sound is dope. Like the, the everything about it is really is really fun. Um, ultimately, you know, I, I walk out of this being like, this is a this is a movie that stands the test of time. Like this is now a new classic. Uh, whereas other people are seeing it as like an, a straight washing and and kind of a a betrayal of Freddie Mercury. And and <sighs> so to me, like. Here's my hot take. If you're upset about the way that Freddie Mercury was straight watching this picture and that, you know, ultimately now going forward, this is it. This is going to be the portrayal of Freddie Mercury going forward. You know, the Live Aid movies will, you know, continue to deteriorate in quality. You know, the other, uh, you know, the albums and the rock music will still stay forever because music never dies. Fucking A. But uh, this is going to be his visual remembrance yeah um to me i say to those people who are really upset that he it was straight wash i say go tell your own story i say get out there write there are like five different unofficial kurt cobain movies mm-hmm. all right they're all doing something different they're telling you about kurt and courtney they're telling you about how much of a recluse he was towards the end of his life they tell you about you know how his inspiration came to be there are so many movies about Kurt Cobain. Go make another movie that tells a different story, sure. that tells a different angle, 
you know, do it about, you know, the few years of his life when he was stuck in Munich and change the name. Like, I think people understand. Well, like, what about, like, all the different Steve Jobs movies that there have been? Like, A hundred percent. Like, go, just... go tell other stories. Like, I think that we, like, I understand the cultural significance of this movie can't be changed. I get that. But to me, like, as someone who's a storyteller, like, if you see it's missing out there, go fucking do it. Like, like, there's, we live in a different time. Yeah, well, and it's like this movie, all, like, besides Rami winning for Best Actor, that's great. Like, he, there's also... It won for a ton of awards, it won for, too. like, sound editing and film editing. Like, so it, it's, uh, to me, it's like... And Brian some, Singer, okay. Brian so Singer. There's another, you know, asterisk on, on everything these days, right? Like, yeah, so, fucking Brian Singer. We thought, I thought we went through this with fucking Days of Future Past when we were done with this. Like, right. like... It's disgusting to me the shit that comes out about this guy. It's horrible. But litigate it. Put him away. We're doing this with R. Kelly right now. Yeah. You know, like, let's fucking draw some shit up. I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to be this crass, but, like, this guy keeps getting thrown down the shithole and nothing seems to stick. Yeah. And, like, let's either make sure it sticks and finish it out and cancel it. Or, like, you know, we already fired him off the movie. Like, he wasn't nominated for Best Director. No, he wasn't. And, like, like obviously... Like, like, why are we miserable about that? And all, it's like, movies are made by so many people. And it's 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 right. not just the director. Like, so, you, you still need to celebrate the people that did really good work on this. And the you, guy who played Brian May in this movie was great. Like, I loved him. Rami Malek is fantastic. It's a performance of a lifetime. He should have won. But, like, even fucking Brian May, the guy who played him, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Mahershala winning for uh, um, Green Book. I love Mahershala Ali. He was just in True Detective Season 3. It's the best acting, I think. This guy is at the top of his career. So, what was this? Supporting actor? Supporting actor. Uh, uh, he's just absolutely phenomenal. I love him. I do. I just, I love him. I believe him in everything he does. Thank you, Marshall Ali, for existing. Olivia Coleman winning was pretty cool because it was unexpected. She didn't expect to win. Uh, the uh, longtime favorite was Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. She didn't win. Um, I think well, that she, that's kind of fucked up, too. She also hasn't won after how many nominations at this point, right? Yeah. I, you know, I think that the Academy, like this year, the Academy was trying to be a little Last Jedi, be a little subversive, be a little bit unpredictable. And they certainly did that. Like, giving Best Foreign Film to fucking Alfonso Cuaron. Like, what a bitch slap. Like, this guy made and is a fucking genius. Auteur. Auteur of our generation. Yeah. Like, the cinematography that they do in Roma. Holy fucking shit. And, you know, it it sucks. But it's also interesting that we keep giving him and Guillermo all the fucking awards, man. Five out of the last six best directors have been Mexican. Very interesting. Um, okay. Uh, le- last but not least... Um, so, actress in a supporting role, uh, Regina King in... Is oh, she was fan- she's great. Um, and she's going to be in Watchmen. Do you see that little stinger? I did. I saw that little... Oh. And Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is Ozymandias. Dude, that oh, looks yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um... Animated feature film. Of oh, Spider-Man. Year. Spider-Man, a movie we talked about a few months ago. That's amazing. See, that's a movie I saw. But that's, <laughs> but that's like huge representation. What? Like, 
everyone is. Uh, why does it have to be everything or nothing? Like to me, like th- that movie is huge. Well, and it's Black like, Latino Spider Man. It's crazy that like yeah you think Sony about that. Animation. What the fuck have they done? So like, the the theory about this is like okay, so it's animated, best animated feature film, but like you don't have a best animated actor or best. Supporting like so like yeah. there, there are people they like, don't acknowledge they the don't voice acknowledge acting. It. they don't acknowledge voice acting they don't acknowledge uh, performance capture all those things that like really in 2019 they need to be upping their game. No, you're right. And then uh, we didn't touch upon this, but I, I'm gonna wrap up on it. We can move on to the next subject. One of my favorite and like most like harpable upon I think original idea critiques for the Oscars is that the last few years. The conceit to win Best Actor is that you have to transform your body. That you have to physically undergo some kind of transformation in order to play this role. And like I think that the clear answer to that was if Christian Bale had won. And sure. he didn't. And I think that that proves a really good point. That we shouldn't be imposing these kind of unrealistic, hurtful, unhealthful ways of changing your body in order to do these roles. You just need to put in a very, very believable uh, set of teeth in your mouth. That is true. <laughs> that is true. And, and then once like, you have on. that, you're fine. Then you're fine. Um, all right. So the Oscars were a thing. Like I said, I didn't you could watch. watch them. They, they happened. I'll probably check out some of these movies. Um, but, you know, moving right along, you saw Alita Battle Angel. I did. I did. Um, I did. So probably not. An Oscar-nominated picture, but I think it will get nominated you think for visual effects. Visual yeah. effects, maybe. Okay, so obviously moving forward into next year. So this is a James Cameron-produced movie. Robert Rodriguez picture. Okay, based on the manga um, Battle Angel, Angel Alita. Alita. They flipped the name because why? Of course. Uh, what did you think? Spoiler-free. Uh, Spoiler-free. I really liked it. This is a return to uh, the forma de uh, James Cameron. The uh, strong female persona, and she kicks ass. So, but like, this is not a James Cameron movie, though. No, it's not. But it has the uh, it it has so the D- no 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 it has the DNA and the bones. Okay. Of a James Cameron movie with the affect, language, violence, and fun of yeah. a Robert Rodriguez. So this is his appetizer before his Avatar, like. Yeah. Second, third, fourth, fifth, of course. Kinda. It's almost to kind of reinvest you and make you understand that James Cameron understands the technology of the 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 forward technology of filmmaking, unlike any other director ever has. The earliest uses of CGI, the best use of CGI, Terminator Two, amazing. Yeah. And then from there you get to Avatar. The best use of three D. The best use of three D. Now Alita Battle Angel is the next level of that three D. The depth but also the movement and the dynamics and the uh, the fluid motion. Uh, one of the really great conceits, uh, kind of a spoiler, is there's no guns in the area where Alita lives. Mm-hmm. Everything is swords and knives. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. Uh, the the way that the, the she moves, the dynamics of the motion capture, um, the, uh, I think her name is Reza Salazar or Laura Salazar is the uh, actor who plays Alita. She is a fully digital character in the way that Jar Jar Binks is a fully digital character, but the performance that she gives is on a new level. It is beyond Gollum. Like, like that's crazy. Yeah. I, I kept, every time I looked at the trailers, 
clips or whatever it was, it's like, okay, did they just digitize her eyes? And then I saw a picture of what she looked like. And it's like, no, like they, they took her likeness and like warped it in, mm-hmm. in, in a way that, that it creates this character that looks like the comic or the manga. And it is really different. And like, it's super cool. So to me, like I hadn't read the manga. I'm not a big manga person, but I really appreciate, I really wanted to, uh, I'm a, I, I mean, James Cameron directed Aquaman. Like he's my favorite director. Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, listen, listen, no, he didn't. <laughs> listen, he was on set with Vince and Mandy and they were, they were, you know, having a rough time, but they made that movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a fucking shame that fucking Vince left a two. What the <sighs> fuck? Anyway. Okay. Um, no, James Cameron is a great director. Uh, he's a visionary person. He's pushed the technology at every turn of his career. Terminator from the abyss to Terminator two to Titanic to Avatar. He's not someone who's just making films. He's pushing the, what the world of films can do forward. So I guess that my question though is like, is this, Will this movie have the same cultural significance as some of the other movies? That you I, I think so. Actually, you think so yeah, I think it's a, first of all, um, this is this movie is what we've all been wanting, which is kind of an escape. I think that secretly, while we all love the franchises, we want original stuff. And I know that this is you know a manga, but this is new. It's fresh. It's different. It's not something in a universe we're all tied to and interconnected on. And it's fresh and you can jump in. And they build it for you to jump in. And the performances in this movie are really good. Like because how, how, they know they have the top tier talent. Jennifer Connelly, Christoph Waltz, Mahershala Ali. Like, they're fucking, they're great. They're in this movie a ton. And they bring a gravitas to the effects that sell it. And it really feels like a next step the world building is phenomenal i think that that's something that james cameron like he doesn't get enough credit for is that <laughs> he's a building better worlds we talked about that in aliens like he makes he builds worlds he doesn't just make movies he builds a universe and then in that universe he makes the movie he makes the movie and that is unmatched and it, you really feel everything it looks and feels like a little bit like star wars in a way this planet that the this area of the earth that you're on because it's so it's gross and it's dirty but it's also colorful and vibrant and alive and dynamic and you're walking around and you can almost smell the you know the aroma and the uh, the, the fluid and all that stuff like it's cool mm-hmm. um, I, I think it, I think it goes forward so you, you give me an idea here so do you feel like James Cameron will be the first to utilize 4d and have like smells and haptic movies yeah um that'd be cool but i think i don't i i don't want to lose the experience of the movie i think we're gonna i think we have to one of the cool things that film has to do is now it's competing with tv in a different way and and i think that now now we're gonna have to go through you know people are making different decisions about what movies they go to the theaters for you know like are we gonna go like like, just with the oscars you know like are you going to go see Green Book in the theater? Or are you going to watch it at home? Like it's this, it's this argument now, and this is the movie to go be experienced and seen in the theater. Similar to the way that that fad of like experience movies came out a few years ago, where you had like Gravity and Everest and San Andreas, like these big movies that are less about the plot and more about the visual spectacle and experience 
of going through what the people are doing on screen. And, like, that, I think, is going to get more involved. Okay. And more of, like, the maybe, like, virtual aspect. But I, I think this movie is cool. It sets up more movies, which is fun. Um, I think you would, I think most people would like enjoy it and be, and be fun from it. I don't think you need to see or read the manga beforehand. No, I, don't, I doubt it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I've been mildly intrigued by it for a while, but you know, I think this movie did itself a, a, a disservice in that it had a trailer way too early and it was out for way too long. Yeah. I also, right. James Cameron has sat on this movie since like 1998. Really? He bought the rights to the manga, like back in like Titanic time. When his but like similar to him, like what he does, he has to wait for the technology to catch up. Oh, totally. And it, something that this movie kind of, uh, I, I was thinking, I I wanted to get this out. If you if you remember the experience of seeing uh, AI artificial intelligence, the Spielberg movie in theaters, where you saw for the first time. You know, it was bef- it was kind of in in the middle of Lord of the Rings. It was before like Gollum really had come out, where we were starting to mix the motion capture characters with synthetic kind of looking things. And I remember there's a great robot that he does in a shot where they're about to go into like a robot arena of like a robot nanny where you see her face and then she turns and it's just a face, like it's just like a a strip, you know, like really like there's no head behind her. Uh, and I really love that shot. This is that realized and like pushed forward and and made to look natural and like and you're acting with this person. Like it's different than the visual spectacle that you know sometimes maybe Spielberg kind of gets robbed for this like looking back on his movies that he's also pushing the technology but he's also pushing it before it's maybe done. And and like AI you can see that a little bit. So like this movie compared to something like Ready Player 1, how do you Oh fuck! It's it's interesting. You're not the first person who's been like, "Is it like Ready Player One?" It's nothing like Ready Player One. It's completely like, different. Like, even from a visual perspective, it's or... completely different. Okay. Um, it fe- there's a. It's not a spoiler to give this away. In the movie, there's a great um, sequence game that they have called Motorball, which is essentially like um, roller derby and demolition derby and like robots in a really cool fucking awesome. A spectacle and those scenes are you're on the edge of your seat just like wow blown away at the the scope the spectacle and the uh the, the like the the reality the vibrance the weight you can feel the metal hitting the ground rolling forward like the pod racing scene in in episode one okay so yeah all right so uh, yeah i liked it i liked the Alita. Awesome. Well, you know, I maybe I'll catch it before it's out of theaters because you're right. It seems like a movie that I should see on the big screen versus something like, you know, there. there sometimes there are movies I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch it. I never get around to it. Yeah, it's just not. No, I, I feel you. I, I think you should check it out, and they're going to be back out. I'm sure again. Yeah, um, I think the reason they changed the name is because they want to have Alita Battle Angel, and then they'll have Alita something something. <laughs> that's that, that's a, that's a good point. You 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 got it. Um, so really quickly, I just wanted to touch base on, um, a few Nintendo topics. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So the, uh, president of Nintendo of America, who's been president of Nintendo of America for the past, like, 13 years or so, Reggie fils has officially retired, or he's about to retire, um, he's in his 50s or something, but he's, he's done a lot of things that, you know, he's seen the company through, 
some of its highs, some of its lows. You know, the the GameCube and the Wii generation, which was a huge success, uh, along with the Wii Domo U. Domo Arigato, thank yeah, you so, so much. Uh, well, he, you know, he's he's Nintendo America, but um, he uh, he ends his tenure at Nintendo in April. Um, but you know, like we, I, I generally appreciate all the work he's done. He's always been a very fun presence at E3 or in the Nintendo Directs. Um, and you know, looking forward, uh, we have um, Doug Bowser. Literally, Bowser. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he is uh, B O W S E R. Yes, he works at Nintendo now. He's like the something marketing, whatever. But he will be. So he, it's a stage name. No, no, no. His name is Doug Bowser. Like his, his parents were like Larry and June Bowser. Sure, yeah. I mean, there are Bowsers out there. I I knew a Bowser in college, actually. In fact, but so Bowser is a, a name. So now Bowser will be running Nintendo. But you know what? That that's okay. I think uh, you know having somebody uh, with passion in in the role is going to be good. And uh, so, so you want that fiery outtake output? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, maybe Mario will come rescue the princess in a couple of years, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so there was a, a fun Nintendo Direct last week that, uh, you know, looked ahead at, at the year, probably the next six months or so. We got a bunch of announcements from, uh, you know, new Final Fantasy games coming to Switch and oh, uh, Dragon Quest games coming to Switch and a new Fire Emblem um, to, to, you know, recent announcements of Metroid Prime being delayed a bit which is fine as long as they make it good um but tomorrow morning so unfortunately we're you know we're getting ahead of it but there is going to be a new pokemon announcement tomorrow morning oh my god so there will be a new po we know there's going to be a new pokemon game this year but there's going to be probably the official reveal of it tomorrow which i'm excited Ooh, what do you about. think it's gonna, what is the idea going to be that the theme will be yeah i don't know i mean like so basically it's it's going to be on switch it's going to be a core rpg you're probably going to pick from one of three starters wow. red the fire grass and the water. full integration yeah full fully integrated it's going to be you can play handheld you can play on your tv you can play on your it's phone. gonna it's gonna look better than it ever has it's gonna be in a new region of the world i'm excited about it It'll be great. Um, so, okay. Um, will this be new Pokemon, too? New, brand new Pokemon. Brand new Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. So... How many Pokemon are we at right now? So, uh, so in fact... So, we're about to launch into Generation 8. So, we just... We're finishing up Generation 7, and we're in the 800s. There's 800 Pokemon? There are 800 Pokemon. With this generation, we're going to approach the 1,000 mark. Wow. Okay. Um, so, like, what was the last two Pokemon games called? So the so we there's one on Switch right now called um, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, which is the right. One that, and they're two different versions, right? Two, yeah, it's basically a remake of Pokemon Yellow back from Game Boy era. Um, but oh, I that, would like that. Yeah, that integrates with Pokemon Go, which is kind of fun. Um, before that, uh, on the Nintendo 3DS was Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, which released a few years ago, which was a lot of fun. It was set in a region so that was like moon, huh? it was related like to Hawaii kind of vibe it was really it, it changed the game a lot actually so i'm hoping that they continue that trend and change the format and take some of the concepts from the from pokemon go and, and other uh entries in recent years and, and really make it a, a fun game for everybody so so that's tomorrow next time we we chat we will know everything um but so moving right along from from nintendo news um that's cool we we want to touch base briefly on um 
the DC movie universe. Um, Shit. So, I think it was last week, Ben Affleck was on what, Kimmel? He was on Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. And, you know... it. it So, it had come out earlier that day in a press release that the new uh, Batman, which is directed by Matt Reeves, is they're not going to use Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is out. He's not going to do it. And literally that night, poor Ben Affleck had to go on Kimmel, and they retired his fucking cape and cowl on national TV. I have I have some thoughts about this. Okay, first of all, um, I loved Affleck's Batman. I thought Affleck as Batman was really good. I thought it was a good choice. It You know, like in hindsight, looking back on everything... The saga of Ben Affleck as Batman is so, so much, sad. It's well, yeah, it is very sad, but it is so much more than because he literally played him in two movies. Two uh, movies. Two two point one. Two, uh, three. Well, no, 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 no. Let's t- uh, two point five. Two point five. Two point five. Two point five. All right. Two point five. But his presence in the films is like minimal to the impact that he's had on pop culture. Huge. As uh, that's a Wayne. great point. The even just the sheer idea that Ben Affleck is Batman is bigger has a bigger impact than his portrayal of Batman. The the fact that Christian Bale played him in three movies has not had the same cultural impact. You're right. You're fucking right. <laughs> Isn't that Shit. fucking crazy? So anyway, yeah, that's a great point. That yeah, I, poor ba- um, okay. I I really did enjoy his portrayal. I I like the idea of a gritty older version of Batman, and I know we touched on this like. Years months, just uh, last year, months ago, whenever it was, but like, he never got the movie he deserved ever, ever, and like they could have done something so cool. Like think about last, no, two years ago mm-hmm. when they did Logan. Like you had this older character. This I mean, obviously Hugh Jackman had been playing him for so many years, but like you could have done something similar to that. With Why ben couldn't Affleck? like Hugh Jackman reach out to Adam? Really, like, why couldn't he been like, dude, it's okay. You're going to get shit. People were pissed. People were pissed when Hugh Jackman got cast as, as fucking they Wolverine. They were. They were. People were furious. Uh, okay. You, that's a great point. That, like, they he never got the movie. Okay. So, uh, ultimately, the long short of the story is, is that um, Affleck was signed on to the warner brothers universe with the with with the idea that he would write and direct his own batman movie at some point um there is a lot going on in the dc fanboyosphere about what that movie was what that script looked like if there was a script there's talk that what had happened was ben was writing the script with jeff johns chris Torrio came in who was his writing partner for argo then jeff johns came in and did a whole nother take and this is like Justice League is about to come out. Batman vs Superman has come out. And they like shit all over his movie. And Affleck at that point is like, what am I going to do? I'm signed on to do all these movies. Yeah. Like, and they are now in talks to one of the best directors in the, in the world. And now I have to play subservient even though my script is about to be blown away and my directorial movie is about to be ripped away. So like he's coming down on all angles. Meanwhile, he hadn't he he'd never got the solo entry that he kind of needed. No. I really think that like the DC universe learned from itself pretty good like in our discussion of Aquaman, but ultimately like this poor guy like 
I think his portrayal of Batman was, was super serious and really interesting and different than Christian Bale's and that he was playing an older Batman that was really grizzled and had seen crazy shit and really was trying to deal with now the repercussions of all this stuff. And we had seen the teases of what they had done with Robin in that movie yeah. and that we were going to get an interesting take on Robin in a movie. And then now we're going to have to talk about like a little bit of mind-blowing stuff. Have you heard about the Kevin James Justice League three-panel explanation for Justice League? The Kevin Smith, you mean? The Kevin Smith. The Kevin James is not the Kevin King James. of Queens. <laughs> that is true. Um, Kevin Smith was over talking to people for Star Wars okay. at Pinewood and was meeting with people who had seen the storyboards for the trilogy of Justice League movies. Have you heard about this story yet? Not, not explicitly. All right, I'm gonna, details. I'm gonna tell yeah, you. In tell the... me a story. Okay, so the original plan for Batman vs Superman and Justice League was to follow as such. Batman vs Superman happens. Justice League happens. Okay. Remember in the trailer when Jeremy Irons is like talking to someone and he's like, "Oh, so glad you've arrived." Yeah. Okay, so on set that day they were shining green light at Jeremy Irons. And then Kevin Smith's like, why were they shining green light at Jeremy Irons? Was it Superman? He's like, no, it was fucking Green Lantern. Uh-huh. So the idea would have been that uh, Green Lantern would have come back at the end of Justice League 1. Yeah. The boom tube that opens up that you see between um, Steppenwolf and uh, Darkseid opens up. The Justice League see Darkseid. Darkseid sees the Justice League. And then at the end of Justice League 1... The idea is that Justice League 2, we're going to take the fight to Darkseid. To them. So while the Justice League is going to team up with the Green Lantern Corps to go fight Darkseid, Darkseid's going to come to Earth and fuck it all up like we had seen in the Batman vs. Superman teaser when he's in the alternate universe. Okay? So Justice League 2 ends with like an Empire Strikes Back ending with the Justice League coming back and noticing that Earth is totally fucked. Justice League 3 is um, them coming back and having a last stand on Earth against Darkseid. This all sounds so good. Why can't they do that? So, okay. <laughs> so, like, explain... So, like, to me, like, it's just... It's so fucked. Like, okay, Zack had a good idea. He did. It's the execution. It was the people around him. And I think it was... I, I think it was two things. I think it was the fact that nobody was sitting with Zach from DC at that time to say, this is where we're going to go. Right. You know what I mean? Warners was so excited that they had Zach and that they had Superman. We could do Batman and we can move forward that they didn't think about what was going to happen. We know that. But like, even still, like, had they had stuck to their guns, I think we all would have wanted to see that. Because that's a Justice League that's not in the cartoon shows. That's a Justice League that's not in the MCU. No. That is a different movie. Yeah. And and I think at the end of the day, um, they were bit, I I liked what they were doing. I just think it was the execution and I'm I'm it's it's unfortunate. I mean like so I picked, so, I picked up Justice League. It's in the cabinet right there. I ha I still haven't rewatched it yet, but I remember Are there right, any special features on it? I, I I haven't rewatched it yet. I, I think there are. Um in fact, but like I just I feel like this movie 
it's better than people remember it. You know, there's definitely some special features. Uh, Heart of Justice, discover what's behind the heart and soul of DC's iconic trinity, technology of the Justice League, Justice League, the new heroes. I mean, this is a 4K movie. Like, it's, Does it have commentary on it? Um, I believe so. I would I would guess. Who, I mean, would, be, who would be doing the commentary, well, though? You know, that's a good point. Um like would Joss do the commentary? It, it's it's Joss is Joss is very nice on the commentary for Avengers, but I haven't listened to Age of Ultron. I've heard that he has some different thoughts on that one. I mean, I'm sure. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, I think that they sp- they 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 ran through it. I'm sorry for DC that now they have Aquaman and Wonder Woman that are so super successful. It, I mean, those movies are are great. I'm excited about Shazam and like yeah, I, I Shazam will be cool to talk about. But and like. See. When are we getting that Green Lantern movie? When are we gonna get some of these characters back? Well, the for Flash, another... the Flash, they're gonna have to figure out something. The Flash, they're gonna, they're gonna say. There've been five something. fucking seasons on TV, and they can't figure out a two-hour movie. What is wrong? Over because there? they wanted to do Flashpoint, dude, and they and they still may do it because they can. Okay, here's they the, can. Okay, here's the here's the next era. I thought, and what everyone was saying on the day that the news came out about Affleck was that he still has two movies on his contract. Yeah. Which means that he doesn't have to retire from Batman before he finishes. So, like, now the main thing is because he did that on Jimmy Kimmel that he's going to wait and Warner Brothers will buy him out. But I thought he'd definitely show up in uh, Flashpoint where they reboot their universe and definitely show up in Suicide Squad 2 as a cameo because how hard is it for him to do that? Because he's already in that universe. Yeah. So, to me, like, I'm really sad that he's going to leave preemptively. Like, if he doesn't come back after that, like, that's kind of fucked. But also, I understand where he's coming from. They didn't give him the time or the love that he needed. And I think that something that could happen, like, I'm I'm so banking on that there's going to be a Henry Cavill cameo in Shazam. I'm certain of it. I know everyone's saying it's not going to happen. I'm telling you it's going to happen. And the the fight right now really is for him to get a sequel. Yeah. I know that I know that we love Batman. We're getting a Batman movie. There's no Man of Steel 2 on the slate. He's so good. And he really came into his own in the in Justice League. And like the the direction that they finally were taking him in and like really bringing him like that light. You brought back. him full circle. You brought the arc to conclusion like he he came to be. He to died have, for his sins, and now he's out there saving us again. And like to have a, a Justice, um, a Man of Steel sequel after all of that actually is a lot more. Like, it's not Iron Man two. No, it's, it's not. It's not Iron Man three. Even it's it's something else. It's like Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Where like you really yeah. you've been with this character for a long time, and like you've seen the shit that they've gone through. We want to see him do more things. Oh, and like you know what and. And if it's him riding off into the sunset and, and, you know, getting married and having a kid or whatever it is, like, and hanging up the cape, then we want to see that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope you're right. I think they'll do... Th- I think the Flashpoint will happen. I think that they're working on that. I think that's the only way they reboot their universe. I think they reboot their universe and it helps them reconcile some of the characters that they have. And, you know, if there's a new Batman movie... I'll, I mean, the thing We're is... We're also going to get a non-tied-together Joker movie. We are. Yeah, we're going to get... The DC Universe is going to expand. They know that they have to do that now. There'll definitely be an Aquaman 2 and a 3. And and they'll go forward from there. Who would have thought? Who would have fucking thought? Aquaman 2 and 3. <sighs> they can't get a Batman movie made. Motherfucker. 
Anyway, so um, moving along, uh, a few more things that we want to talk about. So um, the official Marvel Netflix end. Yeah. Um, you know, the writing has been on the Tumultuous. wall. Tumultuous. The writing's been on the wall for a while. I mean, the, the, basically, they canceled Iron Fist, then they canceled Luke Cage, then they canceled Daredevil, which, like, arguably was the most... Strongest. Successful and strongest one. You know, they, they it was about two months after the season three came out, and the seasons of Jessica Jones and The Punisher had, had yet to come out. Um... Punisher season two came back out in January, um, and then they recently canceled Jessica that. Jones. And Jessica Jones still hasn't come out, but it it's basically like this is the last season. It's shot. It's done. And so, ultimately, we're talking like 10, 11, 12 plus seasons of TV on on Netflix that are now over. That arguably have like they've been connected, but so loosely connected to the MCU that. They never impact things in the movies or the other TV shows, but they just sort of reference events from the movies that, like, at this point, it's like, well, what's next? Are Will we get these characters again? Are they going to show up in movies? Are they going to get saved by Hulu? Are they going to go to the Disney Plus streaming service? Probably not any of those things. Um, so at this point, I have yet to watch Iron Fist... Season two, Punisher season two, and then obviously the yet to be released Jessica Jones season three. Um, but I, I've consumed most of this and enjoyed most of it as well. Who's your favorite? Daredevil. Like yeah. honestly, like I, I, I Jessica forgot... Jones season two is that bad, huh? No, it's not bad. Okay, Je- Jessica, I Jessica Jones is is up there for me in character. Jessica I... Jones season one is is a great season. It's a television. great season. Season two. Not as much. I forgot how much I missed Daredevil until I saw him in Defenders, and Defenders wasn't as good as it should have been. And to get season three, it was so strong, and it like arguably ends on a really strong note. But like they had so much more they could do. They could have done season four. They could have done season five. Like that is a a really gritty take on the Marvel universe that like we're not getting on film, and. You know, there are supposedly these deals out there that, like, when they sign the contracts with Netflix, basically that when the shows get canceled, they can't appear on another platform for two years. Whether Marvel finds a way around that or not, I don't know. Maybe they do get picked up by Hulu because Fox and and Marvel, you know, they will own a majority share in Hulu and then maybe they can save those shows. I'm down for that. Or some of the shows, because obviously yeah, so- five or six is not going to happen. Um, what what do you think? I know you've only watched some of it. I've only watched... I really only got into Daredevil Season 1, Jessica Jones, and Jessica Jones Season 1. That's really where I stopped. I'll tell you why. Because I think that the overwhelming burden of watching seasons of television when you have to watch the 10 hours in order to catch up and you had to watch 40 hours of television to watch Defenders, I think is just too much. Yeah. Um, sorry. It just wasn't a good model. Uh, so I, one of the things I think we're seeing with Marvel as like a business is in a different way than like Justice League or Warners is like, I think Marvel takes less chances. Marvel is more safe. They don't really branch out and they were worried about what to do with this whole other, like arguable, like whole other arm of their universe. That is this dark and grittier, more grounded, rounded, 
area. And I think that uh, one of the reasons that Marvel went to Netflix to do this was to kind of be a little bit, is this in the universe? Is it not? Who knows? And like, it's just fun to play around here. And I don't think that they ever committed in a way that like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming commits in that you have to have, even though they fuck up the time, but like, and, and really fuck up the time. Uh, but the like, whole podcast. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, uh, they never really tied in and they never really felt in in line or in step with the other Marvel TV shows, but even the Marvel universe. So I think that's something that could have really benefited the first few seasons of those shows was to have an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tie-in. Yeah. Um, or to figure out a way to bring in supporting cast from the movies into the, like, how they did with Colby Smothers. Or other, you know, actors who, who like, are... Who are in the presence of the movies that they can tie into these worlds. There is not a question in my mind that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is connected to the MCU. You have Phil Coulson, yeah. you have Colby Smothers playing Maria Hill, and Nick Fury. They're there. They are affected by the Hydra reveal. They're affected by the Sokovia Accords. Like, yes, there, there are people that watch that show. There are people that don't. I enjoy it, but it is connected to the mcu where inarguable and the m and the uh netflix shows they they show oh the invasion of new york they don't show stark or avengers tower ever they don't do that they don't have supporting cast like you like you said why can they not why like bring in fucking like somebody from doctor strange or from like bring in happy hoban bring or in... anybody from shield like, yeah literally any shield agent that has a face that we've seen before Right, I I think that they, and this is part of what I think was the the uh, uh, the Jeff Loeb, the TV guy, yeah, who really set them up for this kind of failure, and that he didn't really want to tie them back in, and now that Feige has complete and utter control, like the fucking emperor, um, I I thought that this was inevitable that the streaming service is coming out. I know that it they have this embargo thing. But I think that they're going to work their way around it. So, the, I think the other thing is, like, as Disney Plus play... What Disney the, Plus whatever. is what the cool kids are calling it. So, it's supposed to come out sometime this year, probably, like, the fall. Yeah, fall this year. Um, with, they, like, The Mandalorian and a few other shows. So, yeah, so it's supposed to be Mandalorian, Star Wars, Clone Wars. Um, then there are MCU shows in the works for... Loki for um, Loki is the only one that is confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. But there's also Scarlet Sam Wilson, Witch, Scarlet Witch, and Vision, Sam Wilson, and uh, Winter Soldier, and maybe there's another one, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So those are will are like definitely be connected to the MCU. They're sure. going to be played by the same characters. Yeah, it's Tom by the same. Yeah, like they're going to be played by those actors. Can they realistically? either reboot which we can get to in a second or um revive the series from netflix because they're just a different tone and they're they haven't really been that connected so far i think how they do it and like i know that people have been saying this and they're saying that they they can't do this but i'm i'm telling you they're gonna do some version of a of a heroes for hire kind of situation where they do a rebrand it's not gonna be a reboot it's gonna be a rebrand 
and it'll be uh, it'll be after we deal with the events of Endgame. Yeah, we are we know there's gonna be major MCU shakeups. We yeah. know that. So with those shakeups, you then have the ability to reshuffle your cards, and then give these guys a new level of entry. And I think the way you do that is in another TV show. Yeah. So I think you have like a Sam, you have a Winter Soldier and a Falcon show, and then they have to go and fight in fucking Harlem. Yeah. And they need fucking Luke Cage, and then fucking hey, here's Iron Fist. What the fuck is he doing here? Sure. And then you know, and they're like, oh, you need us? Like we'll call our we'll call our friend. He's a little hard to hear him, but he's a little hard to see him, but he can fucking find your ass. Like yeah. You know, like even like subtle like that, and then. You know, the the other thing that they could do that wouldn't surprise me is if to, is to see a a good Daredevil movie, man. Like they have enough there, where they, they, they really do, it, do where they do it as like a, you know, a long form movie, and you kind of you know, you do something different. Uh, I don't know. I, I, Disney Plus is going to be an interesting platform because it's going to have to pull us away from all of the other things that we're on with enough content to do it like that's why i'm I'm happy that i've been doing the disney movie club yeah. because i have a few movies who are in there so that like i don't want to get on it where it's like amazon prime where it's like this movie is unavailable but this one is available and this one is unavailable but this one is available yeah. i want it to be done and over and disney's kind of been dickish about that in the past so i i don't know i i know that they're going to disney plus they're not going to hulu that's not gonna happen the only reason I think it would go to Hulu is because... Because it's a different studio? Well, it's a different studio, and because the tone, it just doesn't... Like, I could see that a Daredevil show could we're be gonna too have, dark for that. In three years, we're going to have uh, Deadpool in the MCU. Going to happen. They're not going to... He makes so much money. And he is a profitable, bankable character... Uh, they have all this stuff in development. They've said that they're not going to go back yeah. from the R rating. There's going to be a Daredevil movie. The Daredevil movies going forward could be really cool if Disney, like how they got when they did Touchstone, understands that Marvel is really its own entity and that it's really very separate. And I think a great way to show that is the is the Spider Man movie. They could they could like literally create a Marvel like noir brand. Yeah. Of MCU movies where they can have Daredevil, they can bring Black back Blade, Ghost Rider, Deadpool. They could have a whole arm of movies that are connected to the MCU that are dark and gritty and bloody and like violent, but still interact with some of the other. I don't characters. think, but I don't even think it's going to have to be the noir label. I think that Marvel knows that it's going to have to diversify. They did. I mean, we're going to be, there's going to be, a, there will be a class in college in 10 years taught yeah. about the MCU, about how it changed cinema, it changed movies, and they did that, and I think that Endgame caps that off. Whatever happens after Endgame is no longer, like, it's canon, but I, I'm sorry, it's not going to be the same. We don't. We don't know. No, no, no. Gonna... I'm sorry. It's not. It, no, the... I know. But we. Well, what I mean is that we don't know what there. It's. It's gonna be. It's not gonna just be completely, wiped slate clean. It's gonna be because of what happened before. Exactly. So and there that, is a continuity. But that'll be sense. 22, 20, 23 movies of continuous 
action and trajectory towards a, a point and then a reset in some ways and then new stuff and i think that uh fantastic four right we know but but even <laughs> still like the what, what happens after that will be different and i think that they know that they need to diversify they saw that with thor ragnarok that they can do really different shit and and us the generation these movies are marketed to still um are gonna go they haven't shifted yet to i think spider-man is a good indicator for this that marvel will need to cater to younger audiences and that they will have to have uh, maybe other fare for them to access like i could see the disney plus shows being like rated pg on a level but that's what I'm saying. How could they have a Daredevil show on Disney Plus? It's like it's arguably because it, because it's so different. It could be it, it's going to be so different than what Loki is going to be, or or what Captain or what uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier could be. Like I, I can imagine how those shows would be set up. Like Loki, you know, the big arc is going to be you know he's trying to. You know, maybe he's more intrapersonal. Maybe it's more about life on Asgard. You know, maybe it's more um, him it's like, traveling it's, around it's the, the galaxy. Game of Thrones. Like, right. That's his. That's him like vying for power. Like, but he can't be Littlefinger if we see the end of the uh, end of the end of the story. So we don't know. We don't know. Uh, um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sad that they're leaving. I we knew that it was coming, but I think ultimately it's going to be for the best, and they'll be on Disney Plus, not Hulu. Yeah, I mean, I think that the. the the, the last thing I'll say about this is that they have put themselves in a hard spot in saying that these mo- these shows are canon to MCU and that the actors that are playing these characters are canon. We're going to continue on. So, like, if they are going to have other shows or if they're going to appear in other movies, they need to get these people back. Which I want. They're signed. I, they're signed, though. Because I want those people, but... Are they? Are we just never going to see them again, or is it? Or Kristen gonna... Ritter has probably such an ironclad contract with Marvel; it's untouchable. Like, I, to, in my opinion, they're like, what else has she done? Look at the people who are in those shows. What have they done besides that? Nothing. No. They are locked in. They're locked in as as are you know the the MCU movie players like that's that's like that's what the character that's unfortunately that's that's the the world that they live in and and the only person who's really begun I think to make it out of it and like go in a different direction is is Hemsworth Johansson was always doing her own thing sure and like Under the Skin is a great fucking movie but like you know uh, even even uh, Evans like he had that uh, Snowpiercer that's a great movie great movie uh, he had the, the one where he plays the father to the little girl. That was a cute one, but you know yeah, nothing else. He still hasn't gotten out. RDJ but... hasn't been in any Sherlock Holmes movies in a while. Yeah, you know these guys are locked in. So while we're on the topic of MCU, I, I think that's a good way to close out. Um, yeah. So it's almost March, which means we're that, so close. Which means that we are so close to the next entry of the MCU, Captain Marvel. Um, Two months. Li- we're literally two months from Endgame. To, two months. To, to we're a week away from the new Avengers trailer, which will come out next week. Oh my god! Yeah, and then we obviously we and then Captain Marvel and so Spider Man later this year, which is like a totally another game. We'll deal with that when we get to but it. But 
our hype level for Endgame is like unprecedented. Yeah, you can't be we, you can't be more hyped for this movie. But like Captain Marvel is coming so soon. I like and so I think it was last week the reactions started to come out because they they screened it to the press and it's very positive. Yeah, and, of course it is. And Ben Mendelsohn is like stealing the show. Well, we love Ben Mendelsohn. Of course we do. Ben Mendelsohn, Dark Knight Rises. Ben Mendelsohn, fucking Rogue uh, One. Rogue One. He's great. We love him as he, a bad guy. He's great. Um, it was interesting to me that, like, I, I guess maybe because people, they can only say so much, but there there is praise for, for Brie, but there's not, like, you know, Sam Jackson or Clark Gregg or uh, fucking Lee Pace or... You know some of these other people that are are so. It's good tied. to get. It's good to get the the praise for the villains, man. Well, what about uh, Jude Law? No, we don't know. What we, we don't, don't know. know anything about. Like they've been good with that. They've been really close to. the Well, they released a uh, Annette Benning as the supreme intelligence. You saw that, right? That yeah. came out last week. Yeah. So, which, which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that worked. Yeah, whatever. I I'm just I'm excited for for this movie as it sets up Endgame. I think it's going to be a really fun ride. I'm two really, post-credit scenes. Two post-credit scenes. We're going to get something that's going to say, okay, what's next for Captain Marvel? Like besides, besides the end game, I, I think we know that her presence is going to be strong there. But like, this movie's going to get a fucking sequel. Like, and they're going to set up whatever that means, and you know how she gets pulled forward in time, or or whatever it may be. And uh, and. It, I really hope it plants seeds of like, well, the scrolls are a huge fucking deal in the universe. They are, they and are planting seeds of who may be a scroll, and impacting the entire MCU as we know it. Yeah, um, this movie's gonna. Oh man, Captain Marvel. Um, okay, uh, I'm very excited for this movie. I, I think that. Uh, I want to. I want to see Marvel's take on a female superhero character. The lead up and build up to this um, from the Phase Three slate announcement so long ago, um, you know, has been a long, long build up of casting and you know going through the seeing the set photos and seeing the early you know in production um, shots and and here we are about to see this. So you know, I presume everybody's done most of their homework on who Captain Marvel is and the kind of role that she plays in the Marvel Universe. Um, I think that they're going to go with probably a more updated version of her origin from probably a later run of the comics, which I think is going to please some fans because there's been a few different goofs, I think, with Captain Marvel. Um, The first Captain Marvel was actually a dude, and then they transferred it over to uh, Carol Danvers uh, later on. Um, So I think this could be a really interesting... Um, take for Marvel. I, uh, huh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I don't I, know what it's projecting in terms of money, but I, I think know. it'll probably do uh, equal to. Um, I'm gonna say it's gonna do equal to uh, Ant Man or better. Like yeah. that. I don't. I don't think it's gonna get Guardians. I don't think it's gonna break 100 million open weekend. I don't think. Yeah. If it did, that would be really, really cool. Um, but I think it'll probably get like 70, 90 tops. Yeah. And, uh, you know, have a really strong opening and, you know, and have some, and have some legs. You know, this, the cool thing about this movie is it does come out at kind of a nice time and, 
then you have Shazam, which comes out right after that, which is kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think the thing with this to remember, though, is, like, DC beat them to the punch. Like, they had Wonder Woman two years ago. Yeah. And, and so, like, that movie, and I think, arguably, Wonder Woman is a bigger pop culture icon currently than Captain... No, people know who Wonder Woman is from, like, before yeah. the DC movies even existed. I think if you asked anybody who Captain Marvel was until, like, this movie came out, they would have no idea. So, like, Wonder this Woman... This movie has, like, a, it does. It has a tough hill to climb. It really does. It, it, it's setting up a character that should be on that same level, but because of pop culture over the past, you know, 50, 60 years, that but Wonder Woman, But made, Wonder Woman is a cultural icon. That's what I mean. Yeah. And, and so, like, it, I think DC benefited from that in the fact that, like, Everyone, first century, first, first century. Movie. There was a fucking great TV, actress. There was, there was a TV show about it. There was never a TV show about Captain Marvel. Like, no. so I think it's gonna be a really great movie. I can't wait. I'm, you know, we haven't had an MC movie since July. So like, we're yeah, it's we're true. Chomping at the bit, um, getting ready to dive in. I think, uh, I don't think I have any homework to do for this. I think we just go in. Um, I think the next movie. Uh, uh, Avengers Endgame I'll probably watch Infinity War maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah. and I'll be good to go yeah uh, so for Captain Marvel um, you don't you don't have to do homework but uh, you know I, I would take I would, uh, you know what I would I would take a look at the Wikipedia page oh yeah, yeah and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. give yourself an idea of who Carol Danvers is and kind of where she comes from and kind of her perspective take a look at who the Kree are the Kree are going to play heavily into this movie. From what we've seen of the Kree so far, you've only really seen Ronan the Accuser, who is not a good representation of what all the Kree are like at all. So, yeah. and and if you've been following Ages of Shield, you you know that I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of pumped for this. I, I I hope it's good. I hope it gets a good opening. It's having some troubles in the the commenting area. Rotten Tomatoes turned off the comments on this movie. Yeah, man. Because like... it's getting trolled by DC assholes who are fucking it all up as usual yeah i mean that's a real yeah. shame like like just let it be let let the movie speak for itself and don't put your own fucking biases in there yeah. to like ruin other people's lives i also love the conceit that marvel is doing and that like this is going to be like a 90s like top gun kind of movie that I, i'm really excited about actually yeah that's like it's gonna be super fun yeah like, i'm excited to get back into that world and go into like a balls to the wall action movie the set pieces, at least from the TV ads we've seen so far, look very exciting. Yeah. And and I and I'm excited to see how they how they break into it. And Goose the Cat. Yeah, Goose the Cat's getting major press, man. <laughs> major press. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we've done chock full this episode up of crazy content for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, um, Frank. Uh, this is the 50th episode. Thank you so much, man, for this crazy ride. Yeah, great ride. Um, I'm sure that we're going to be continuing this on for uh, you know, many more episodes to come. We hope you enjoy it. Um, and keep on listening, and uh, you know where to find us. At LLH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can email us at uh, info at longlostheroes.net. You can find us online at www.longlostheroes.net. And we are now... 
as you said, yeah, we are more platforms. So, so we are available on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. So all the major podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review. It really, really will help. Um, we really want to know your feedback. We will listen to what you have to say, read it out on air. And yeah, if you have any, have yeah, if you have any comments, please leave it up. We will read it out next episode, and. Uh, Tune in for next uh, time when we are, I think, discussing Captain Marvel. I think that's the plan. Thanks, everybody. Bye.